you can see there is a new addition to my face, glasses. Uh, before I even start, can you hear me? Especially people in the back of the church, because a few weeks ago we had some sound system problems, so just asking, because the message is quite significant today. A uh, year ago, uh, I had a LASIK surgery, okay? That's the eye laser surgery. So in less than 10 seconds, they fix your vision. This is amazing. This is amazing. But we have something, someone better. This guy does it in less than five seconds. <laughs> and it was 2,000 years ago. Is it a proof that he's God? For me it is. The miracles. Today's gospel has actually deeper meaning than just the Catholic LASIK, of course. Uh, year ago, I just went for the free consultation just to see if it's possible to fix my vision. And I ended up scheduling the appointment. And so finally when the day arrived, I went there and I remember to this day that when I was sitting in the waiting room, a nurse came and she was like, uh, can you give me your glasses? So that's what I did. And she said, you will not need them anymore. Wow, really? <laughs> I've been wearing glasses like all my life. So I don't know how it is to see without them. Like I couldn't live without my glasses. So wherever I travel, I always were so careful about my classes because I was like, if I lose them, I will not be able to come back to home. This is, that was true. So, when I was there finally in the uh, surgical room and the doctor, he did his best. He is, he was one of the, he's one of the best in the country actually here in Denver. And <clears throat> in less than 10 seconds, he fixed my vision. I was so amazed. I'm like, this is, this is, this is great. I love science, you know, I love science. You can fix my vision in less than 10 seconds. And I thought it's, it, it was not possible. It is, it is possible. So then of course my vision had to recover, but uh, today I have my glasses again. Why? Because uh, if I want to see something really far, 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 like the faces of people in the last pews, I couldn't see them because it was too far and a little bit of astigmatism left. So that was kind of like blurring if was something was far. And they help out really with driving at night because usually the lights, they bother me uh, after sunset. So they really, they're really great help. But uh, honestly, my mom said that I look better with glasses. <laughs> And she said, that's my son, not this one, you know, <laughs> that's my son. And she said that I look smarter and I thought it, it should help with the homily, okay? <laughs> so that's the, that's the main reason. But I look better, I think, just say yes, okay? <laughs> if you see me just father, you look better, you look better. But in today's gospel, uh, as I said, it's not just about vision, and so the blind man can see again. There is one sentence that we usually skip or we just forget. 
And that's the thing when he's calling out, son of David, have pity on me. Finally, Jesus says, okay, call him. And now it's this moment when he threw aside his cloak, he sprang up and ran to Jesus. Now, if you are blind, first of all, have you ever seen a running blind man? Blind person? You don't do it when you are blind, right? You can see blind people with like white, white canes, right? You know, walking like this, right? They never run. They never run because it's, it's like you don't know the environment usually. You need to be careful when you walk. And so that's something weird. Second of all, he threw aside his cloak. So probably this man, he was a homeless man as well. So that, that was everything he had. So as a blind man, he couldn't see, but he could, he could feel, right? So everything he touched, that was like his sense. So holding on to this cloak was the key. That, that was everything he had. So actually throwing, throwing aside his cloak, uh, he took 100% risk to, let, uh, to leave everything he had. Everything he had. Because you never know with Jesus. Uh, as I always say, this man is, is crazy sometimes. He, he always, he always listens to what you say, but not always, he doesn't always give you what you want. So be careful what you ask for. So this blind man took all the risk that he could and he was healed. The message for us is that each one of us has this kind of cloak in our lives, whatever it is. Because this cloak uh, says that that was something that this man depended on, okay? Depended on. And so all happiness was there. That's what each one of us has in our lives. Uh, is kind of self-sufficient, like I can do whatever I want, right? I'm holding to something, so I don't need God. But when God is passing by, maybe it's time to left to leave it and just go go to Jesus. So then you can see, you can see. On YouTube, you can find many videos when the babies uh, are given uh, glasses because they were blind. So now they are, give, they are given the glasses or their vision was fixed and now they can see. So you have the moment when for the very first time a baby uh, sees a parent. And there is always like confusion on their faces like, who's this guy, who's this lady? <laughs> and then finally, you know, the mom speaks like, hi baby. And then you can see the smile on their faces always. That's what the baby, uh, you know, heard, just the voice, like the blind man. So he was calling out, son of David. So that was the title for the Messiah. So that's why Jesus healed him, because he believed that Jesus was the, was the Messiah. You have other videos, like uh, with some grown-ups, actually. Uh, you have people who are colorblind, so they cannot see colors, right? So for them... This is just gray, and this is just white, like, you know, for you it should be white, okay? This is green, by the way, if you cannot see this, this is green. 
but for them it's gray. So now you can buy the glasses but fix this problem and you can see the world the way it is. The same here, when they are given the glasses, usually by as a gift, as a surprise, they then put them on, they smile like the babies and then usually they start crying. It's like, I can see. This is awesome. That's what happened to me for the very first time. Just one week after LASIK, I was in my room, but I'm like, I just want to walk outside and just see the world. And so I went outside without my classes, and I look at the trees and the sky, I'm like, this is awesome, wow. I've never seen this before, all my life, 30 years, wow. This is cool. So I know what they, what they, uh, what they experience. And so for each one of us, uh, there is something, this kind of cloak, but we hold on uh, to, and we need to just find it out. Find it out and make a decision like the blind man to take the risk, uh, throw it aside, and just, and just uh, go to Jesus. So he can do a Catholic LASIK in less than five seconds. So you can see, you can see. But always, what I, what I, when I read this uh, passage from St. Mark, I always think, but the blind man had to call like twice. Jesus ignored him for the very first time, right? There was nothing. So the man uh, kept calling out. Uh, the second reading was from letter to the Hebrews when you have a, a passage about the high priest and but the priest, so it was taken to the Catholic Church. Each one of us, like I, Father Brian, Father Sean, we are still human beings, okay? Right? I hope you don't think we are gods or like demigods, okay? I wish I could be like flying stuff, but no, I'm still a human being. And so we have weaknesses and we are taken from the people for people. So we can offer a sacrifice like the Hebrew says, but then we do it, we do it for you and with you and with you. But we are weak human beings as well. And actually, I found the connection between the second reading and the gospel. Like Jesus, who is ignoring the blind man for the first time, and the second reading, which says about the priest who is still a weak human being. Uh, it happens to me many times, usually with the sick calls. I've told you before, I think so, but the hospitals like Swedish and Porter, they always call you when you cannot go, when you are too busy. When you are free to go, they don't call. No, no, they never call. Like, they can call right now because I'm here and saying the mess. But let's say next, like this afternoon when I'm available, they will not call. No. I always, I always think like, how do they know? <laughs> and I found the answer is this guy, he knows everything. And the story uh, that recently happened to me two weeks ago, I took Monday off like Father Brian and Father Sean, I went to the mountains, to Glenwood Springs to say a Polish mass on Sunday actually for Polish people in Polish. Uh, and I came back on Monday from Glenwood, 7 p.m. 
And as you can think, no one called me on Sunday and on Monday, which was great because I was not here in Denver. 7 p.m. I came back. 30 minutes later, they called, Swedish. When I was hoping to just take a shower, go to bed, maybe watch a movie, read a book, no, they called you. Now it's time to go, like always. I'm sitting in my room and asking this guy, why are you doing this? Uh, <laughs> Father Brian was not there, Father Sean was not there, and like, I have to go, I'm the only one here. So I'm thinking, like, you know, should I go? Yeah, I should, because someone is dying. <laughs> Five minutes later, another phone call from Swedish, another patient. Father, can you come right now? I'm like, you are pushing? Okay, I will go. <laughs> That's what he does, always. So I went there, I anointed the, the first person, and then I'm looking for the second one. And I cannot find the room. So I go to the nurse station. They were having kind of dinner because it was already like 8 p.m. And I ask, do you have this room? Like, I cannot find it. Which one? This one. Oh, it doesn't exist. What? Is this a joke or like, you know, hidden camera somewhere like, what's going on? No, this room doesn't exist. Well, okay. So I call the family and like, I'm here at Swedish, but the room doesn't exist. So I think you made a mistake. Oh, Father, let me call my brother-in-law, because I was her sister who was dying, and I will ask him. So she did. She called me back. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That's, that's the wrong room number. Like, I will give you another one. So she gave me the right one, and I'm like, okay, thank you. And I asked the nurses, where is this one? Oh, that's the other side of the hospital. <sighs> okay, so I'm walking there. <laughs> It's empty, because it's already like almost 9 p.m. at this point. I got there, and that's the babies and deliveries, labor and deliveries. So I'm like, doesn't sound like a dying person should be here. Actually, the newborn person, right? Usually people, when, when they call it at ICU, I'm like, okay, I'm looking for the second room, and I cannot find it. So again, I asked the nurses, they're like, do you have this room? Which one? Oh, this one. It doesn't exist. I mean, the second time, is it the movie? Like, like the horror movie? The room that doesn't exist and like the monster lives there like, how does it work, you know? No, it does, doesn't exist. Maybe you should call family again. Okay, so I did. And I said, that's the second room and your sister is not here at Swedish, maybe. I don't know. That's the wrong room. A room number doesn't exist. Oh, Father, let me call my brother-in-law again and ask him. And I'll call you back. So she did again five minutes, five minutes later. And um, she said, Father, I'm so sorry. I hope you will not hate me, but I can cook you like two dinners, you know, because she is not at Swedish. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know what, at least five dinners. 
At least five. And no blue cheese, as you know. I need five dinners at least for this like one hour walk. At least I, you know, I, I have some steps here, which is great. Uh, okay, I came back to, to the rectory. At the rectory, you have that small chapel, just a private chapel for me, Father Sean and Father Brian. We have the tabernacle and Jesus. So basically, he's like kind of like my roommate, you know. Each one of us has a room, including Jesus. And when I have to go to my room, I have to pass by the chapel. And when I ever do this, I always go there and I just look inside and I always say like, Hi, I'm back. I hope you behaved. Okay. <laughs> and I go to my room. But this time, I was upset, okay? That was my day off. And it's great. I can walk like for an hour through the hospital on my day off because I have nothing more to do at home, right? Thank you. So I came to the chapel and I said, don't do it again, okay? Because that's not funny and I don't like this, you know? Don't do it again. The point is be always honest with him, okay? He knows what's here. So call out like the blind man. Right? Son of David, behave, okay? <laughs> I just want to rest. Don't do it again. But he will do it again, because I know him. <laughs> if you are close to God, the point is, talk to him like, to like a friend, okay? Like, a, like your brother, your sister, your spouse. Be honest, be honest. Because uh, if we are honest, you know, then he really helps. He really helps. Sometimes, you know, he behaves uh, really in a weird way. But well, that's God, you know, that's Jesus. But when we call out, he, he finally, he's like, okay, I will, I will help you. What do you want me to do? So instead of saying in this case, I want to see again, I always say, I want to rest again, okay? <laughs> and today, please don't call me like from the hospital. So that's the point. The anointing of the sick is for the sick, and it's a beautiful sacrament. It, each one of us can tell you, but as a priest, we like this when we are done, okay, with the, the anointing of the sick. We don't like this moment when, when people call, okay, because they always call when you are busy, when you are busy, always. How do they know? They don't know. This guy knows, and that's why... He does it. He does it. The message is to find out what's your cloak, what's, what's the thing that you think brings you happiness, what's the thing that you think that brings you happiness, and just make a decision that that's not the right thing. Jesus is the one who brings happiness, who can heal you, who brings you vision back, so you can see the world. The best the best LASIK in less than five seconds performed by this man. So I can see again. I can see again. What's my cloak? What's my cloak? And just make a decision to throw it aside, run to him and say, do this for me. Do this for me. Because I know, I know you can. I know you can. 
If you call for a donating of the sick, expect one of us, okay? Usually late. And because we are always busy when you call. We are always busy when you call. People usually think that the priests do nothing from Monday to Saturday, right? And then you see us just on Sundays uh, for an hour. Uh, oh, that's a great job, right? You know, he speaks, he, he prays, and then he's free for the next six days. Uh-uh. No. We're so busy with meetings and, and uh, sacraments. But if you experience God who is passing by, you leave everything. That's what we do with, with the sick calls. And we go and we do what we are supposed to. The message again is to find out what's your cloak, what's the thing that you hold on to, uh, throw it aside and just come to him, be honest, be honest, and tell him what's here in your heart, okay? If you are upset, tell him, okay? If you are happy, tell him, because he wants to know. That's, that's this relationship that then, uh, that then uh, help you out to really see, really see the world the way it is, the way it is. The best Catholic LASIK, so you won't need glasses anymore, right? Uh, it's here, the Eucharist. It's the Eucharist. When you are healed by Him, fed by Him, and you are alive, so you can follow like the blind man. That's the best place, the best, uh, as I always say, emergency room. When you are healed because each one of us is wounded by sin. And that's the place when we are healed by this man who knows what you need.